Hello and welcome to this episode on Season 2 of Building Digital Community. I'm your host, Chirag Sheth, and I'm a first-year MBA student at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Building a sense of community during this global pandemic has been a challenge for everyone. In a world where we can't meet face-to-face, it has definitely been harder to start and build new relationships with people. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. Building digital community is all about diving deeper into a person's story with the goal of building genuine relationships and a stronger community in a world where we're all going digital. Make sure to follow us at Building Digital Community on Instagram or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at ChiragShath24. On this episode of the podcast, we're welcoming Sachi Jane Jaiswal. Sachi is a second year MBA co-op student who holds a Bachelor of Commerce degree from the University of Mumbai. She's an animal lover who has recently started pet sitting in her spare time. On the professional front, before coming to Canada, Sachi worked as a talent acquisition specialist in product and service technology companies. She's excited to start her co-op this summer at CIBC and is always happy to chat and connect with her peers. Welcome to the podcast, Sachi, and let's get going. Hey, Sachi, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chirag, thank you so much. Super excited to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. How's your uh, day going so far? Pretty good. Just, you know, school and dentist appointments and just staying at home. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite the combination, school, dentist, and, and right. home. That's, uh, that's the perfect trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I wish I could avoid the dentist, but. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anyone actually likes going to the dentist, but I guess it's one of those things yeah. you just kind of got to do. Yep. <laughs> really hate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining the podcast. I'm, I'm excited to have you here um, and get the chance to connect and, and learn more about your story. Um, as you know, we kind of kick things off with some rapid fire questions. So I've got about three or four questions for you if you're ready to go. Yep. Let's get to it. That's All exciting. Right. What is your go-to drink of choice? It could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Well, I drink a lot of black coffee, so okay. it gets me through the day. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I feel like that's uh, the student <laughs> the student life as well. Just kind of got to yeah. <laughs> stay attentive and with uh, everything going on right now. Definitely, yeah. Um, what is your favorite dessert? Wow, okay. So I actually am a self-taught baker, so that's a little tough. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, I would, I guess I'll just stick to chocolate cake. Just seems like the safest answer. Okay. Chocolate cake. Interesting. Um, what is one book that you think everyone should go read? Wow. Uh, well, I um, personally um, prefer like Too Big to Fail. It's one right. of the books that I kind of, um, it's, I know it's a little financially focused, but I think it's just one of the um, greatest pieces just to understand the, uh, you know, just the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. um that happened and um yeah it's like it's it's the only nonfiction book I've ever read so if anybody kind of is trying to get into that field I would definitely suggest um do Victor Fail okay cool so are you you said that's the only nonfiction book you've ever read so you're more mm-hmm. of like a fiction book kind of right. fan yeah I actually um yeah I'm a very avid reader I kind of have to read right. a book a day I'm trying oh, wow. to do that recently but it's it's not been <laughs> it's not been working pretty well but it's cool yeah, a book a day. That's uh that's pretty intense. Um, I'm lucky yep. if I can get through a book a month. Um, yeah. Well, so, I did hey. that for a week, so I okay. mean that's a track record to be. 
Yeah, there you go. Hey, kudos to you, even for a week. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a bit. So yeah. props to you. Um, Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Well, I actually like Tim Hortons after coming to Canada. So right. I'm going to stick to that. Yeah. Okay. Tim Hortons. Nice. Um, and last one for you, or last one, as get, I guess as part of the rapid fire, mm-hmm. if you could step into a time machine and go to any decade, what decade would you want to go to? Could be past hmm. or future. I guess the future, sometime in the future. Okay. I just, um, I mean, I think we've lived through the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to see 10 years down the line, how's everybody doing and how it's actually kind of shaped, um, you know, has it changed sure. anything? You know, as, like, I don't, I mean, I don't expect anything to change, but it would be nice to kind of see a shift uh, with people being more responsible. So I would mm-hmm. just say 10 years. Yeah, I think just, you know, 10 years in the future is good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, I, well, I would have a similar answer. Like, I just, I don't want to go too far into the future. But I just want to make yeah. sure that, you know, I turn out okay in like five, <laughs> 10 years down the line. Yeah, well, I probably wouldn't look at my future. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I 100%. That's, that'd probably be the first thing that I, I did. But I, did you ever watch the Back to the Future movies? Yes, I have. I feel like I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd have to, <laughs> I don't know, maybe take some risks. And I wouldn't do the whole sports almanac thing, but yeah, actually I'm lying. I probably would do the whole you sports probably- almanac thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I get the, I get the, um, I get the, what do you say? The attraction to that concept. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I would definitely stay away. I just don't want to see how I've turned out because I think that would just influence what I do in the past. Yeah. Fair so enough. it's like, just, you know, yeah, that's probably the, the logical smart answer. <laughs> but I just gotta know. Um, awesome. So we, we heard a little bit about you kind of in, in your intro, but just in your own words, let's start things off. You know, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story so far. Right, great. So um, I did my undergrad back in uh, India. So I did it from the University of Mumbai. Um, pretty much once I graduated, I joined the talent acquisition team in a technology service company. Um, HR was something I absolutely loved, which is mm-hmm. a very funny answer to most people. Uh, but then I did that job for about three and a half years. Um, I moved to a startup um, and that was probably one of my best experiences ever. Um, you know, just kind of being in the chaos and understanding how these firms, uh, you know, function day to day. And, you know, from that position and then how they become a little bigger in terms of capacity. But uh, apart from that, um, I, uh, you know, I'm a huge dog lover. So I had a dog. Uh, and that's one of the things that have like kind of uh, pushed me when I came to Canada. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to get into pet sitting. So I did it for a friend for a while. And I'm like trying to do that more uh, because it just kind of, you know, keeps you happy and keeps you yeah. engaged. Uh, but apart from that as well, I mean, you know, the decision to do the MBA was uh, primarily with the fact that I reached like a plateau at work. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see um, what else was there. I mean, you know, I had such a narrow focus with HR because I did a pretty much post-graduation. Um, and I just wanted to do the MBA, just see, you know, the business side of things. And if there was a possibility to try different roles, uh, right. which is why I picked co-op. Um, and, you know, that was like probably the best decision ever. Yeah. Um, and now, um, yeah, just now just seeing where things go from here. But that I mean, but yeah, but coming to Canada has been quite a shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming when there was no pandemic, then being in the pandemic and then not being able to travel back home. Um, has been kind of tough but otherwise yeah. no it's it's been quite the journey uh, from undergrad to being here today yeah for sure yeah thank you for sharing that um, I'm curious like t- talk to me a bit more about kind of your decision to 
like how you, I guess, picked what MBA program was right for you. Like, how did you end up kind of choosing McMaster? How did you decide that, you know, just an MBA in Canada in general was, Mm -hmm. uh, was the best decision for you? Well, to be very honest, Canada was never on my books initially. Um, It was more, I, as a kid, I just want to go to the U S because my uncle used to stay there. I visited as a child and I was like, well, you know, this is where I want to be when I Mm -hmm. grow up. But then, um, somebody got elected I did not want to go to the country so then you know I kind of looked at other options Um, and then Canada just seemed um, it just seemed so culturally inclusive Mm -hmm. that it just seemed like a very good idea to explore like education opportunities Um, in terms of universities I applied to Schulich and Rockman Mm -hmm. um, and I applied to McMaster uh, but to be very honest, from the very beginning, um, co-op was just something which interested me, considering yeah. I was coming from a background and I didn't want to be in HR anymore. Um, you know, the three internships was just very, um, very attractive as an option just to mm-hmm. understand the Canadian market and then, you know, get that hands on experience, considering there's so much of a difference from how we work back home to how, you know, the Canadian work in Mammon actually functions. Um, so that's actually what led me to choose um decrude and uh pretty happy with that choice so far yeah yeah it seems to be working out well so far um so you're in your second year of the program right now right um talk to me about you know what have been some of the I guess uh biggest learnings throughout the MBA so far for you right um stepping out of like a professional environment and stepping in a school after Mm -hmm. like that huge gap um I think just a lot of discipline and getting used to multitasking and prioritizing I mean it was I remember just the first semester when you know co-ops because you know we get in and we've got to look for an internship immediately Mm -hmm. it's it's quite hectic uh that transition so just getting used to um you know prioritizing my tasks or like what the assignments when they would do just becoming more organized um it's been I think I honestly do see a shift professionally from when I started to where I'm today like it's definitely been um you know a learning experience and I think it's a lot to do with the culture of like the you know the community at Decruit I did the Mm -hmm. semesters when I did the semesters in person uh you know there was a lot of a lot of things to learn from a lot of people um and um but overall, I think one of the, um, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off track, but one of the best experiences probably was the NBA games Yeah. Uh, when we did that back because we hosted it when, you know, things were still right. open. Yeah. So it was in person and I was a part of the academics team and it was just, it was just an absolutely insane experience, which I wish people had got to, you know, just experience this year. But um, yeah, but overall it's been just great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um Talk to me a bit about actually before kind of we get into that. One of the things yeah. you you uh, you touched on was um, uh, just like studying again and just transitioning back to school again. And that that's something that I think re- really resonated with me is that um, you know I, I worked for I, I did my undergrad, finished my undergrad, then worked for about three or four years, mm-hmm. and then started the MBA. And th- the small things like how do I read text books again and like how do how do I how do I just be a student again and yeah like managing all those deliverables and assignment deadlines and and all that stuff I feel like it just takes a while to kind of get you back get back into that uh that student mindset yeah absolutely and I think um to be very honest for me it was more because 
uh, as an international student, you know, it's a very different curriculum. It's mm. it's it's a very different teaching style. We we have so many presentations. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in like from the undergrad that I was in, we didn't have a single presentation. Like I've never mm-hmm. had to present, you know, anything in a in a classroom setting. So I think that as well was learning, right? Just yeah, getting used sure. to what the like how you're supposed to learn this and how are you supposed to give these assignments or the exams. But um, and we did actually have like a cultural orientation uh, that they did for international students because they were like, you know, this is Canada's culture and this is where you're coming from, uh, which I think was a good idea. It just kind of, you know, gave you like an overview. Um, And I'm just going to share a very funny thing. But it was uh, one of the things that they said is that something that like, you know, if you're trying to be uh, if you're trying to give constructive criticism in your culture, that's constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. But in Canada, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you know it's it's just like a very different tone yeah but I just yeah it was just funny but like I mean that helps right because it's just a different again different culture different environment for sure and yeah I can imagine like that that can be a, a challenging transition at times um and just kind of just adjusting to I guess more more of the Canadian uh culture as well right. can and so mm-hmm. it's awesome that they do things like that that cultural training or <laughs> Um, and do stuff like that so that's that's great that you know the school supports you in that way Um, right definitely talk to me a bit more about kind of uh your co-op experiences um so far and kind of where you see your kind of career going after this one of the things you mentioned is that you know before this you were focused on HR but you wanted to use Mm -hmm. co-op as an as an opportunity to just expand and try kind of different things so talk to me a little bit about how the co-op experience has been at the group um it's been um, it's been quite a thing. So I actually did not secure my first co-op when right. I joined the university. Um, it was quite chaotic and it was co- quite disheartening, to be very honest. But then mm-hmm. I went back for like a second um, semester to school. But then I got an eight-month internship. Um, I did a role with MHI RJ Aviation. That's quite a mouthful. But it was they acquired Bombardier. Uh, okay. They acquired a series jet that you know I was supposed to intern with them before. Uh, but I done as a risk and an, a risk and asset management analyst, which was mm-hmm. completely different from what I yeah. came from. Uh, but you know what? I think uh, that was the beauty of co-op. Like again, I was saying that that was like the most attractive selling point for the group mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, just the fact that I could come from HR from a technology stream, get into aviation as an analyst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but then uh, and you know that was completely fruitful. It was quite a great experience but it also just kind of gave me an idea that finance wasn't where I wanted to be um you know that's not something um like I wanted my career to be focused on Mm -hmm. and then now that I'm going to do the third internship with CIBC uh the idea was with you know because of TLAB was um that that's where you know technology domain and technology stream is that where I want to kind of explore um and actually that just comes back from my previous career I just worked in the technology industry Mm-hmm. Um, and I was absolutely sure that if I wanted something which was a little dynamic, which was always changing, you know, nothing beats technology. For sure. So um, that was the idea. And um, in terms of like where I do see the career progressing, uh, I would still probably not narrow down onto a role uh-huh. or just like an idea. But, um, you know, product management is something I've been very keen about um, okay. since I worked in a product company. And I would definitely like to explore you know, and just see how like if if that's possible and if that's something I would like. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like with the third internship, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a taste of everything. For sure. So it's yeah, gonna 100%. yeah. Yep. What is it about I guess product management that you know that gets you excited that interests you? 
I mean, uh, think about it. Everything that you do for the product is for the end consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody is going to use that product in, in whichever way or form. I mean, I worked at a B2B company. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was, of course, it was that market. But it's just uh, it's just the small things you're coordinating with, you know, the developers, with the marketing teams, with, of course, your own product team. And you're just trying to get every small tweak and twist in place. Uh, but yeah, I think the most exciting is just seeing that small thing go out and hopefully it's received well. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, I think that would be definitely the most exciting bit. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's awesome. Thanks for kind of sharing that, those experiences with us. Um, so that kind of brings us to, I guess, our charity segment of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, every kind of episode this, uh, this season of the podcast, we're featuring one charity um, that the guest has chosen just to kind of learn a little bit more about um, the charity and, um, you know, why, why they're important to you. Um, so talk to us a bit more about the charity you chose and, and yeah, why they're, uh, why they're important to you. Definitely. Um, so I think with, in terms of the charity that I chose, um, uh, was Animals Matter to Me, which is actually based out of India. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, as I said, like I'm a huge animal lover, uh, one of the things that we do see, at least I used to see back home growing up as a kid, was that there was a lot of lack of animal welfare. Okay. Um, right. And there's, uh, I understand there's more, um, I would say there's, there are more things for human charities. Like there's more, you know, there are more options, there are more NGOs, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. But uh, with animal welfare is what I felt lacking. But with this particular charity, they're actually trying to create a cons- like a reserve area in the outskirts of Mumbai, like where I stay in Kolat. Mm-hmm. And they're actually trying to, you know, get funds. And that's where the older, uh, older, uh, older animals can stay. So dogs, cats, okay. whatever it might be, but they're trying to, you know, build this conservation space for them, which is um, because a lot of people, you know, abandon their pets mm-hmm. uh, when they kind of get older. So that's kind of one of the reasons the charity spoke to me. Um, and I have um, volunteered at it before when I was in India. So, you know, again, like I know the kind of work they do that they yeah. actually, you know, put the funds towards, um, you know, welfare and they try to, and uh, they have this very cute little van, which goes around the city and picks up stray dogs. And, you know, if you call, if you, if you ever call them for help, um, you know, they come, they come with the entire, uh, the wet and uh, all the possible treatments and they do mm-hmm. help the stray animals as well. So it was just, yeah, that was probably one of the reasons I chose it just to see something, you know, something meaningful happen. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think one of the things I love about kind of this uh, charity aspect of the podcast is I get to learn Mm -hmm. about so many cool organizations. And I think all of us get to learn about these cool organizations that um, I personally don't, I'm not familiar with. So um, I think it's just really interesting to know what kind of causes people are are passionate about. And um, yeah, kind of, I think it it showcases a little bit more about like where your values are and, and um, yeah, um, stuff like that. So thank you kind of for sharing that. And we'll make sure to put the, uh, the link to the organization in the show notes so everyone can, uh, can go check it out and learn more about them. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're going to kind of pivot the, the topic to leadership now. Um, so mm-hmm. talk to me about a leader who you've come across so far in your career. Um, what was it about that leader that kind of stuck out to you? Um, mm-hmm. you know, is there someone that you found really influential that has made a big impact on you? And is there something about their leadership style that you want to apply to your own? Right, definitely. Um, so I think it's it's gonna be a very funny answer, but for me, it's actually my brother, like mm-hmm. my elder brother. Um, so um, 
sorry just a bit of a backstory yeah for but, sure you know he was he was uh he was preparing for engineering and then he kind of moved to commerce you know, mm-hmm. in his undergrad and today like he's just uh he's not that old he's 28 mm-hmm. but he has achieved a lot for what he's doing so he's been in the cayman islands for the past seven, like four years now he's going to move to new york um you know he's a manager with evi and um I've seen he's like one of those few people who's fast tracked within the organization. Uh-huh. And in terms of like what a professional means to me or what a leader means to me, it comes a lot from him because um, I've seen him, um, you know, interact with his colleagues. I've seen like his leadership style, which is mm. a lot of delegation and a lot of teamwork. Mm-hmm. He's you know, he doesn't believe in just being like the single front person doing everything. And I mean, and he's always been like that in my life as well. So, you know, it's just as a kid, if you grow up with somebody like that, you kind of see it and it just influences you um, enough sure. to be like them. I, I would never tell this to him in person, but like, <laughs> but now that is, that is what it is. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely my elder brother. Yeah. So you won't be uh, sending him this podcast to let him hear all the nice things that you just said. Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I might, see. I might ask you to, I might ask you how to edit this bit out and just send him a recording separately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that's funny. Um, is there like a, like a piece of advice that you've gotten so far in your kind of career that's really stood out? I feel like a lot of times, like even kind of when you're, we're younger, we have kind of this one piece of advice that we get that something that just sticks with us for some reason. So is there, is there any like piece of advice that you've gotten uh, so far throughout your life or career that's really, uh, really stuck out for you and stayed with you? Well, um, Actually, just personally speaking, in terms of my career progression, and this is something I learned on the job a lot, mm-hmm. uh, was just, um, I know it sounds funny, but just managing your emotions at work. Um, mm-hmm. So I am, I'm a person who has a huge EQ, <laughs> like a high EQ. And um, it's just, I feel like, um, you know, we, um, especially when you're growing professional, when you see that transition, Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I've tried to keep like, you know, private and, uh, my, uh, sorry, my private life and my work life, uh, mm-hmm. very separate. Um, but I do advise people to make friends at work. Yeah. Uh, I know it's something funny because I've always, I've always growing up and being in the organization for the first time heard that, you know, your colleagues are your colleagues and they're not your friends and, you know, keep this bifurcation. And I, I never understood that. I think, mm-hmm. uh, the people that you work with are probably some of the best people that you would ever meet. You know, and if um, and I would say that for anybody, I mean, if you can find those relationships as long as you can manage them professionally, right? But I I do believe that you should um, you should not have that kind of. Uh, I think I completely butchered my answer. I'm sorry, but it's fine. <laughs> I kind of said the I said two different things, but it's okay. But you know, just uh, but yeah, like um, actually, my advice was not going to be that. My advice was going to be like keeping your EQ a little bit under control if. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm somebody who's very impulsive as a nature, as a nature person that goes, uh, and it was an advice that a friend of mine said on, I think the first week of my job, which was like a face shows everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what you're thinking, what, what you know, what, if, if there's something that you want to say, argue about in, in a meeting, which you don't agree with, or, you know, just, you don't, you just want to share your disagreement. It's always on my face. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of not the best things because, you know, then immediately everybody knew what I was thinking. So, I mean, if you're a person like me, my advice would be to keep that, you know, <laughs> learn how to control your emotions a bit. It's, it's pretty funny, but yeah, no, that's definitely something that I feel strongly about. Master the, uh, the poker face. Mas- yeah, it is important at work. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, 
it keeps you sane. It gives you more time to just say, you know, compute everything that's going around instead of just like having that first reaction of that. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it makes sense. And the other kind of point you touched on of like managing your, your personal life and your professional life and um, right. kind of having those friends at, at work as well. I think that honestly, I think that's a big thing because um, we're spending yeah. like, what is it, a third of our life at work and you're going to spend a third of your life around these people. So you might Absolutely. as well get to know them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't the see the harm, you know? Right, and I don't see the harm. I just feel like, yeah. um, you know, it's these are the people you have to work with. These are the people you mm-hmm. communicate day in and day out. And I mean, if, of course, I mean, if, if somebody turns out you be your friend, I think you should definitely, definitely yeah. try to put that uh, foot forward and just, you know, be approachable to everybody. For sure. <laughs> And that doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to hang out all the time, like after work or anything. I think it's just that the idea of getting to know the people that you work with on a more personal level. And I think that that even just makes you more effective as a team. Um, I think when you, when you get to know someone more personally, like you're just able to, you're, you can better work with them in the future. Um, So I think it's a, that's a huge thing. Yeah, definitely. It's it's surprising that so many people are averse to the idea. I mean, considering, you know, that was like my first mm-hmm. professional advice, getting into the corporate world, um, which I kind of never agreed with. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of always done the opposite of that. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm, I'm curious, like in terms of um, kind of building those personal connections, uh, either work or mm-hmm. uh, uh, even now kind of during school or as part of the MBA, in a virtual world that obviously like it's, it's tougher. It looks a little bit, it looks different. Um, So Mm -hmm. how would you recommend that people kind of develop those personal relationships in whatever setting they're in? Um, But how would you go about or recommend uh, others go about just trying to build those more personal connections um, in either a work setting or a school setting? I mean, to be honest, I just feel be the first person to reach out. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, just being uh, physically available, um, at least during the MBA, for example, it was just a very different environment, right? You could just walk up to anybody, you could speak to anybody, yeah. but now virtually everybody just seems to have compartmentalized their life so much. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this much time for work or for school or whatever. So I just mean, take out the time. I mean, right. Uh, I feel like there's always like this waiting game that somebody else is going to reach out to you, but just, I mean, just do it. Just take the first step, just reach yeah. out. Um, and especially if, you know, it's somebody that you want to connect with, whether it be for professional advice, for just like a conversation, um, I just feel that, you know, people should just step up and just do it. So, yeah, for sure. Just take the plunge and just get started and, and do right. something. Yeah. Somebody yeah, has to do it, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And why can't that be us? Right. So, right. Um, awesome. And last question, I guess, for you, um, a good chunk of our audience right now are all kind of first year MBA students. So is there any advice you would give to kind of a first year MBA student, um, anything that, you know, you wish you had done earlier on in the MBA or any kind of piece of advice that you would give, uh, any of the first years? Well, I was a very panicked first year student when I joined because Mm -hmm. I just feel like everything was all over the place. So I would just say that everybody's going to be fine. You know, everybody will at some point figure out where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just take a day at a time. Like, I I know that I was trying to plan so far ahead into the future. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is where I want to do my internship. This is where I want to be. You know, this is where I want to be when I graduate. It's like you try to plan these things out. And then I, I just feel like they add on to stress and it's yeah. not, it's, it's been tough being virtual. And I know like mentally people just feel so bogged down. 
that because uh, I've spoken to finally spoken to a few MBA first year students who uh, you know brought this up and they've discussed that you know just nothing seems to be working out mm-hmm. and the reality is that, like I didn't get a first co-op right um, it's right up there and it was it was very uh, mentally straining for me during mm-hmm. that semester but it all worked out at the end of the yeah. day so it, it's going to be fine and you know you have your peers you have people and the best thing I think definitely by the decode community is even if they're first year students they should definitely reach out to the second year students if they ever want to talk like reach out to anybody and I don't think you'll have a single student who'll just be like you know who just wouldn't want to talk to you that's never yeah. going to happen so you know leverage uh, leverage that connection and just uh, you know just put yourself out there and speak to them. For sure. I think that's a, that's a really good advice, not just to the first years, I think for, for all of us, um, yeah. it's, you know, just, it's all going to work out. Um, I think one thing that I sometimes struggle with that kind of aligns with what you're saying is um, I, I try my best not to compare myself to what other people are doing. Right. Um, and that's, that can be a tough one sometimes, especially I think in an MBA program where you're around yeah. so many like amazing motivated individuals. Um, it can be sometimes hard not to compare yourself to others. Like, oh, I should be doing more of this because I see this person doing this. Um, but at the end of the day, like everyone's on their own path. Everyone has a separate journey throughout this MBA. And I think everyone's going to make it out at the end, uh, kind of in a different different place. So everyone kind of has their own journey of of getting there. Um, so it's, I think just going along with what you said, it's, it's really important not to and compare yourself uh, to yeah. what others are doing because at the end of the day yeah. you're, you're going to be all right you're going to figure out kind of exactly. your own path and uh, yeah. find your own way there right and I, I just think the comparison kind of just you know I think with comparison comes mm-hmm. the fact that you end up putting these impossible tasks on yourself yeah. like you expect yourself to perform in a certain way and I just feel like it's totally not worth it mm-hmm. like you know as you said everybody has their own path everybody is going to have a very different journey uh you know, uh, for example, people who are saying the student body associations, right? They have a very different experience. You have mm-hmm. a very different experience. But at the end of the day, that's just, it just doesn't matter. Like, you know, just do your bit. Yeah. Just be happy. Surround yourself with a group of people who are supportive, who are just positive. Um, and, you know, who just kind of there for you throughout. For because sure. I had friends like that who supported me, you know, when things didn't work out. And I think that just kind of that sense of, uh, you know, community ship was what gets you through. Definitely. And that's kind of all what you need. Yeah. There's no one right way to do this MBA. So never I mean, is. That's, yeah. That's, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. And, you know, when you yeah. need that support, that's, I think, you know, we're, we're lucky that we have a really awesome community kind of behind us yep. to, to help us with that. Definitely. Awesome. So Sachi, you get to kind of put on the host hat for a little bit. And if you have any questions for me, now would be the time. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> I think for me, I just, I mean, you know, I mean, this idea has been so fantastic. Just, you know, I remember when it was shared with us, when Paulina shared it, it was just, uh, it was mind boggling that nobody thought about this. Uh, you know, we've been under lockdown for a year almost mm-hmm. by then, but I mean, just, uh, you know, what kind of inspired you to do this? Like what was, what made you do it? Why? And you know, what is it that you feel you get out of the entire experience? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question for sure. Um, in terms of, I guess, what started the podcast. Um, so coming into a virtual MBA, I was, I was pretty scared about what that was going to look like. I think a big reason why I wanted to do my MBA and why I think a lot of people choose to do an MBA is just those kind of relationships you build. Um, and obviously in a, in a virtual setting, it looks a little bit different. 
Um, not to say that you can't still build those relationships, but it's, it's just a different experience than when you're in mm-hmm. person. Um, and I think what, what the moment that really started this, this whole podcast or the idea for the podcast is back in, I think it was like early July. Um, one of our, the members of our cohort organized a, a meetup at a park, like a socially distanced meetup. Um, and we met kind of some of our peers there, but uh, obviously the international students weren't able to be there. And some of them had to kind of, some of them FaceTimed in to the, uh, to the meetup. And I just thought, you know, it's, it's great that we're able to meet up in person. Uh, some of us are able to meet up in person, but we're missing out on kind of a huge um, section of our community, like at least yeah. half a third to half of the, co- the students in our cohort are international. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a good chunk of people who are not able to meet. So I thought, you know, there must be a better way to kind of develop those relationships. And we would yeah. do Zoom calls and things like that. But personally, I find those those big kind of networking sessions, especially early on when you're just meeting mm-hmm. someone, they can be a little bit more surface level. It's harder right. to dive deeper into someone's story. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really what started the podcast. Um, I also felt like, you know, I'm uh, I'm a pretty introverted person. Um, so when you're in those kind of big group settings, I find those a lot more intimidating. So I would much yeah. rather kind of these one-on-one conversations where you can really dive deeper into someone's story. So it was really a mix of kind of, I think all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just saw that this could be a fun opportunity to, you know, get to know um, our cohort a little bit. Um, And that way people can kind of network on their own time as well. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have to be at a certain event or, um, you know, drive to come to this in-person meetup. You can learn about someone's story while you're at the gym or, you know, Mm -hmm. going for a walk or, in between classes or whatever it is. Um, So that was kind of the whole idea for the podcast. Um, In terms of kind of what I've gotten out of it, honestly, it's just, it's been so much fun. I feel like this has like meeting people is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do uh, the MBA. And I feel like when, with the stress of kind of all the deliverables, all the midterms, exams, assignments, classes, things like that, Mm -hmm. this has been my like twice a week experience where I just get to meet someone new and learn Mm -hmm. more about them. Um, So that's, that's been really awesome. And I've gotten kind of a lot of really great feedback about um, how the podcast has been really helpful for people just to, uh, just to meet others. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, if, if this is, if this has been helpful to other people, and if this is, uh, um, you know, allowing them to, to meet other people in the program and kind of facilitating those relationships, then that's all I really wanted out of it. Um, so it's been great for me, I think to, uh, yeah, just meet people in a good kind of break from the, uh, the regular stress of the MBA, but, um, it seems like it's, it's been uh, useful for others as well. So I'm really happy about that. That's no, that's, that's absolutely great. I can totally, I can totally get the concept of being an introvert though. I am an extrovert. Mm. (laughs) So I do, I can understand that there, there are certain things which come with it, but no, I mean, it's, it's a great initiative. And, um, in terms of, if you receive great feedback, you are doing pretty great. You know, it's so nice to be able to like, just because I follow the podcast as well. So I've, you know, just been listening to so many people in the first year, even my batch, which Mm -hmm. there were things I didn't know. So, you know, it's just been, it's just been kind of great getting to know that. So let me ask you a bit of rapid fire questions from my end. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Um, So tell me, which is um, your favorite city, like a city or a country that you visited in the past? Ooh, favorite country I visited in the past mm-hmm. most recent one uh would be portugal um yeah. I, I absolutely loved portugal 
Um, definitely one of uh, my favorite, me and my family went on a, a vacation there back in 2018, I believe. Um, so mm-hmm. we went to Lisbon, Porto. If you're a, if you're a wine fan, it's uh, one of my favorite places to go. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'd say Portugal. It's probably at the top of the I'll list. I'll get the notes on that later with you. Yeah, I'll give you all the uh, all the good restaurants to hit up right. and I'll give you the full itinerary. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But which would pro- what country are you planning to visit the moment the lockdown ends? Like which would be the first place you'd want to go to? Yeah, there's a couple. Um <laughs> so the so one answer is England. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a couple of reasons for that. So most of my family lives in the UK. Uh, my cousin's right. actually getting married in the UK in July. And like, I'm really hoping that right. I'll be able to kind of get vaccinated and be able to um, be able to travel by then. I, right. I, I'm not super optimistic about it, but I'm mm-hmm. really hoping that, you know, something works out and I'm able to do that because he's the first person in our family that's getting married. Right. Um, right. So it'd be really nice to kind of be there. Um, so the UK would be probably, if I'm able to, the first place that I'm going. Um, for my own, like outside of kind of the family and wedding stuff and, you mm-hmm. know, just for my own personal travel, I really want to go to Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan. Uh, um, yeah. so I, I, that's, uh, that's high up on the list. No, totally. Japan is somewhere I wanted to travel for so many years, mm. but it's just, it's just so far off. It's just so much of planning, just, you know, figuring out if everything works out before you can actually take that trip. And now, well, with COVID, um, yeah. as you said. You know, for sure. what you never know when it's going to happen next. Well, on a more interesting note, who's your favorite professor in the MBA so far? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, I would... Okay, I'm going to name a couple. I think Dr. Uh, Dr. Head, uh, Dr. Melina Head, is uh, she taught us for half of I-604 marketing. Um, and she's 100% one of my one of my favorite professors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one I would say who I have this semester is uh, Hanya, um, who right. teaches us organizational behavior. And I say that, yeah, those two for sure are kind of at the top of the right. list for me. Yeah. You guys are pretty lucky if you got Dr. Head to teach you because yeah. we never had that opportunity. We had another professor, but he was great as well. He was Ken who taught us like the first okay. half. But but yeah, you guys are very lucky if you got <laughs> got to do yeah, that yeah <laughs> I'm, uh, right. I'm really happy that I got to cross paths with Dr. Head and hopefully you know, we'll see D700 or any future courses yeah. uh, potentially we'll, uh, yeah. we'll cross paths again yeah definitely aim for that though I mean you know yeah. that, I think that's one of the best courses she has to offer for sure well okay I'm, I actually don't think I have but you you read as well right you uh you enjoy reading because i, I kind read. of heard that I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if you're an avid reader or you just like to read <laughs> i don't uh i don't read as much as i'd like to especially uh right. especially these days i am trying to read more and more um mm-hmm. i set the uh the new year's resolution of one book a month i don't right. think that i've stuck to that as well as i'd like to <laughs> but i do right. read yes just not as much as i'd like do you have a favorite author so far? Fiction, nonfiction, oh, whichever. I'm more of a nonfiction uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about this book on, on a couple other podcasts, but honestly, it's been one of the most influential books that um, I've read. And it's called uh, Day One Leadership by Drew Dudley. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever seen that kind of TED Talk um, about, it's called Lollipop Moments. Uh, it's like a five minute TED Talk. If not, right. I'll, like, I'll, I'll uh, shoot you the link after this. Um, but it's one of my favorites and he wrote a book just talking about leadership. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think 
yeah, I just, anything that's any topic around leadership is honestly, I just love kind of talking about it um, and learning more about it. So I'd say that's Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorites. That's pretty cool. So if you, if you like talking so much about leadership, what kind of a leader do you aspire to be? Do you have like a plan in mind? Uh, I don't know. Like I, so the thing about leadership, I feel like sometimes we blow it up to be like this, this huge thing. Like mm-hmm. I have to be a CEO or like a manager to be a leader. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think that everyone mm-hmm. is a leader and I think that everyone has those leadership skills, but just shows it kind of in different ways. So in yeah. terms of kind of the leader I want to be, all I really want to do is make an impact, like make an impact mm-hmm. on the people around me, the communities around me, um, the organization that I work for. And um, I'd say that that's kind of what it boils down to. Like, I just want mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, make an impact on, on the people around me. And I don't think I doesn't necessarily need the job title of, uh, right. of a manager or a CEO to do that. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, everyone in their own way is a leader mm-hmm. and, uh, I've, going back to the book, that is one of the big things that they talk about is like, you don't have to right. wait until you're in this future job position in order to finally call yourself a leader like right. you can start right now you're a leader right mm-hmm. now these are some of the ways that you can kind of develop it and that's kind of why right. it's called day one is you know today is day one of the leadership right. uh your leadership journey um so yeah in terms of the leader i want to be honestly i just want to make an impact on people on communities and on uh organizations now honestly i think that's a pretty it's a it's a pretty nice way to think about leadership right mm-hmm. i mean again like when you asked me the question it just automatically boiled down to a single person or you boiled down to a way uh, yeah. somebody behaves in a leadership position but i think no that's a it's a pretty nice thought for sure yeah yeah so um that's yeah i honestly i could feel like i could talk about leadership all day it's one of my <laughs> favorite topics you should, you should to probably send discuss. me a few links to understand what you because you know honestly I, i'll be very honest right i don't mm. really explore the um non-fiction genre a lot mm. um I've, I've kind of because i've been reading since i was 11 but i've just been reading fiction and they feel like they're never ending yeah. <laughs> so it's just been a, like you know ongoing consumption of that knowledge but um but if if there is something that you would suggest i would definitely uh you know love to touch upon different books yeah. or just to kind of understand what you kind of feel inspired by you know for but, sure but way to start yeah 100 and vice versa like i don't read as much <laughs> fiction as I'd, I'd like to right. but i think that I want to incorporate that more because I feel like that helps to kind of spark that, those creative uh, right. muscles as well. Right. right. Um, so I, I've always kind of steered more towards the nonfiction side of things, but I really feel like right. I need to, I want to balance some more fiction in there. So we can definitely give each other some, uh, some book recommendations going forward. Sounds like a plan. Awesome, Sachi. Well, thank you again for joining the podcast. I had a blast chatting with you. If someone has questions, if someone wants to reach out, um, and learn more about you and your story, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, um, I mean, I would give you my email address because all <laughs> my number, but then I'm not sure if I want that highlighted on the Apple That's podcast. <laughs> uh, so like LinkedIn would probably be the best or if you can find me through the university email. I mean, that's, and then, you know, Uh, I could get in touch with people individually, but always happy to chat. It's been one of the best things to do throughout the MBA, just to kind of get to know everybody, especially the incoming or the current students. So um, yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn and then we can take it up from there. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Sachi, again for 
for joining the podcast. I honestly had a blast chatting with you. Um, as we said, kind of before we were starting recording, it's really nice to kind of put a face to the name now. <laughs> and maybe we talked a little yeah. bit on LinkedIn and stuff, but it's, uh, it's nice to kind of finally have a chance to sit down and chat with you and learn more about you. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to working with you in the summer since you're yes. going to be doing the same. So hopefully we're going to get to see each other a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. Definitely looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thank you again and uh, take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Building Digital Community, or you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Chirag24. I'll see you next time. Take care and stay safe.